Hello, I'm Mario Newlands. You're listening to the How To CEO Show. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. You can either build an amazing company or you can crash and burn. We're here to give you the knowledge, the advice, skills, and the expertise to build an amazing company. I am delighted to be joined today uh, by Aggie from Gartner. I'll let him uh, introduce more about what he's his background, his past, and why he's an expert. Uh, but today we're looking at what CEOs need to know about customer experience, creating an amazing company. So with that, I thank you very much for joining the show, and please introduce yourself. Hi, uh, so I'm Augie Ray. I cover customer experience as a vice president and analyst at Gartner. Uh, been here four years and have covered uh, customer experience, including all aspects of it for senior leaders of businesses, and have had over a thousand advisory sessions with uh, business and marketing leaders in those four years. Before that, I was a director of customer experience action at American Express, and I've had the good fortune to work at some brands that are really known for very strong customer experience like USAA. So I try to put that all to work in publishing research and offering good actionable advice for my clients. Okay, so diving straight into this. As a CEO, what do I need to know about customer experience? What, what mindset should I come at it from? How should I prioritize it? And, and what are some things I really need to think about? Great question. So uh, one of the things that becomes important is that if you ask 10 people what customer experience or CX is, chances are you're going to get 12 answers, right? It, like it's defined uh, in a variable way. Uh, it is relatively nascent compared to other disciplines that have been around longer. So one of the first places to simply start is what is CX? Um, because if you define it wrong from the start, you get it wrong. Um, and so one of the ways that we see a lot of organizations approaching CX is that they'll treat it as if it is about the experiences that they provide to prospects in the path to purchase in order to improve awareness and consideration and, uh, and purchase acquisition leads, right? And one of the things I'll point out when I'm talking to CMOs is that we don't really need a new word for the discipline that provides experiences that improve consideration and awareness and, and acquisition. We have a word for that, and that word is marketing, right? And so one of the first things we want to do is break apart that CX is not marketing. CX is uh, very collaborative and cohesive with marketing, but it isn't the same as marketing. And so if we sort of set that aside, CX is also not simply customer service. A lot of organizations tend to think that. Customer service is an important aspect of your customer experience, it is not, of course, the only aspect. It might not even be the most important aspect. So what we want to do is to try to make CX different. We try to put guardrails up about it. If you say it's about every experience the customer has and every impression they have, then you make it about everything the organization does. And as with anything, if you make it about everything, you make it about nothing. So our guardrails that we try to put up and a good jumping off point is that CX is ultimately about understanding what customers want and expect and providing that in order to, and these, this is sort of the important part, lift customer satisfaction, loyalty, and advocacy. These are leading indicators of success. These are things we do to strengthen relationships. And if we do that, our brand succeeds in the future with stronger retention and greater cross and upsell, greater word of mouth, more referrals. Um, and so by focusing it on that entire end-to-end -end experience and those leading indicators, we tend to differentiate it from all the things the organization might already be doing. And, okay, so that, that's 
great because that also gives you the uh, that gives you how how will this hit my bottom line? It okay. will improve referral. It will improve improve retention. It will uh, um, improve process. So let's say I'm, I'm running a company, and I want to focus on this, or I even want to see how well am I doing. How would I, how would I take that? How as a CEO, would I look at my company and consider how well am I doing? And then uh, we can move maybe more to what are some, some steps that are, uh, let's just say, how am I, how am I going to see, how am I doing with this? Yep. So traditionally, uh, and you know, primarily still today and well into the future, uh, the answer to both of the questions you've asked, how do I know how I'm doing? And also how do I make it matter to the bottom line starts with, uh, customer feedbacks and surveys, uh, typically called voice of customer platforms, because one of the things you don't want to do is to simply look at what we would call inferred metrics. How long are people spending on my site? Uh, if you assume that the longer they spend on the site, the happier they are. You might be wrong. You might be right, right? There's greater engagement, but it might mean they're not finding what they're looking And so if we're going to be customer centric, we have to start with customer centricity. And so Surveys, while derided and, you know, people have been saying they're going to be dead, uh, I've been hearing that for 20 years in my career, um, are still sort of the gold standard. You need to ask people, how am I doing? How happy are you? How much effort did you, uh, uh, did you exert? You know, what are we doing right and wrong? And so uh, we'll typically start with some of the more typical metrics, net promoter score people know, customer satisfaction or overall satisfaction questions. Um, Customer effort score uh, is, a, is a newer way of considering how effortless you're being in, in certain sorts of interactions. And so these give you a score, and that's one way of knowing how you're doing. Is your score going up? Are there different segments or products where the score is higher or lower? Um, and it's a, a starting point. But one of the most important things to think about is that a score at the end of the day is just a number. Um, and so if what we want to do is get the organization to not just focus on next quarter's results, if we want to build those leading indicators of success. One of the most important things you can do is to take those scores and bring in your, your transactional or operational data at a customer level and begin to demonstrate to yourself that your most satisfied customers do in fact drive growth and drive margin. Right. And so when you look at your, let's use the, the language of net promoter score, NPS for a second here. Most people know you've got promoters and you've got detractors. Do you know that your promoters um, churn less, buy more frequently, uh, cross-purchase a broader selection of products, refer more business than do your detractors? And if you do, then you begin to create the basis for understanding why you should be investing in improving your net promoter score. It turns it from something that's just a score into something that is a future driver of business health for your organization. That a really excellent way of, of taking something really complicated and you really explained that uh, really well. So you're, I would say, the, the leading analyst in this space. What are you seeing that's exciting, that's, that's driving, um, driving change? And, uh, and are you seeing some, like, uh, are, there, are, there some, um, are there some stories that you can tell about people who are doing this really well? Yeah, so I'll say, you know, what's interesting is a lot of people when they focus on CX and they get asked about what's exciting, they immediately turn to technology. And, you know, technology is sexy, right? Everyone loves to talk about bots or virtual reality or AI or voice. 
Um, all of these things do, in fact, have some impact on customer experience. But I'll, I'll tell you, one of the common sorts of calls that I've had with clients over the last year and a half is, is clients who said, um, we wanted to improve our customer experience, so we launched an Alexa skill. Um, but after having launched it, nobody's downloading it, and the few who have downloaded it are simply not using it. What are we doing wrong? And the challenge is that from the start, the strategy was flawed. Now, I'm clearly, obviously, not against uh, innovation or experiments. And if you go into things like that with the idea that success or failure is less important than the lessons we learned, then that's great, right? But if you go into something like adopting a new hot technology with the idea it is going to reframe your, your customer experience, you're putting the cart before the horse. You're developing a solution in search of a need instead of identifying a need and figuring out if that's the best solution for it. Um, and so I'll suggest that one of the trends I'm seeing is what I would consider to be more customer-centric innovation. Um, what is the need that people have and how does innovation serve that? You know, is voice, is augmented reality or virtual reality really the best way to solve that problem? Um, if not, then probably not your best uh, use of dollars, your limited customer experience dollars. Um, so I'm seeing a lot more of that, organizations doing a better job of that. Um, I'm also seeing, and we have the data on this at Gartner, uh, a really exciting trend toward doing what we just spoke about moments ago. So four years ago when I got into this and I would talk to people about bringing that data together, the survey data with the transactional data, very few organizations were doing it. Um, and they kept coming back to this question of, you know, what is the ROI of CX? And I'd say, you know, I don't know. You have to do that for yourself, right? Uh, you need your data from your customers buying your products to make the case. Um, and so two years ago when we asked, uh, only around half of the respondents who were doing CX had found a positive relationship between customer satisfaction and the business that they are driving. And we just repeated the study just several months ago and we were up around 87% of CX leaders now had been able to demonstrate that there is this positive relationship. And I, I think that's a very positive trend because if you don't understand that, what happens is organizations take shortcuts to prove ROI and those shortcuts kill customer experience. And so very quickly, I'll just say two typical uh, examples that I've heard in just the last couple of months. People will say, we implemented a new CX program, and as a result, we have greater personalization and our conversion rate increased. Or we implemented a CX program uh, that offered self-service capabilities, and as a result, we decreased our call volume and we saved money. Now, both of those are remarkable examples of good business results, right? I'm not disparaging the results, but neither of those are focused on improving the customer or at least measuring the customer. In both of those cases, we have gone around the customer. We know that we've improved acquisition. We don't know that they've you know, improved our relationship or their satisfaction or their loyalty. And we know that we've given them self-service. We presume that lots of customers want that, but you and I both know that for certain personas, sending people into a, uh, you know, what can sometimes be a frustrating and circuitous experience of trying to solve their own problem isn't necessarily the best situation. And so we have to bring it back to customers. And if, again, we do that analysis, we know that there's an ROI to satisfaction, then we could focus on lifting our scores and knowing that that will have an impact and then we don't have to take those shortcuts. Now, those direct attributable benefits are still important as secondary benefits. I improve NPS and, right? I improve my net promoter score or customer satisfaction and I decreased headcount, or I improved our uh, customer effort score and we improved acquisition. 
you know, if you have that and in there, it's great. Uh, if you don't, uh, chances are you might be actually ignoring the impact of the customer. Well, so as a CEO, you might see some of the signals of the um, uh, lack of conversion. That, that, that in some sense is where you're, you might see the signal um, if you're not already doing fear. Right. Well, and one of the challenges, and you know, one of the reasons why I'm so excited to be speaking to you is that um, so often customer experience is positioned as some sort of bottom-up thing, that if we only get our frontline people to think more about customers, be more empathetic, everything's solved. But you know, a single decision that a leader makes can have a much broader impact than an entire um, you know, call center disaffected employees. And so um, this really is a leadership issue. If, if leaders only set as their priority short-term results, if they are really only focused on ROI and margin this quarter, then it is very hard for anyone in the organization to put any focus on what drives customer satisfaction or dissatisfaction in those leading indicators of success. And so some of the greatest organizations, I worked at USAA, which is a company in uh, what is generally thought of as being a pretty terrible category for customer experience, financial services. And USAA consistently has some of the highest net promoter scores of any company in any category. Now, from the inside out, I'll tell you that one of the things that USAA does right is they tend to bring balance to their metrics. They reward not just we're making money now, but they're also looking at churn and retention and customer satisfaction scores and some of those leading indicators of success, likelihood to recommend referral value. And they reward that, uh, you know, in, uh, without getting into details a lot uh, in their assessment. And that by setting that balance, you give the opportunity for everyone in your organization to begin to, to balance their focus between what's going to drive success next month and what's going to drive success in the next year or two. Um, so as a CEO, it becomes very important to think about the balance between those leading indicators of success and, and what I call the lagging or coincident measures of success. That's, that's great advice. And I think as, a, as consumers demand more, um, increasingly that will, be, uh, that will be demanded because there is so many uh, options in the market and you can choose the brand that you want. And you want a brand that actually genuinely gives you help over time. Um, and maybe that's- Theoretically, yes. But there is, what's interesting is there is as a CEO, uh, you know, all of this is broadly applicable to everybody. It, you know, it is important to think about CX, but I'll just say what's interesting is that there is certainly a lot of research that uh, has been done that would indicate that if the more you are in a competitive marketplace, the more important CX tends to be the need to drive people to the very highest levels of satisfaction. Um, too many organizations, you know, get sort of celebrate that they've uh, raised their net promoter score from, you know, 40 to 45. Now it's good to advance. You don't go from 40 to 80 overnight. I get yeah. that. Um, but, you know, moving your NPS score up a little is not going to fundamentally change the kind of relationships you have. And so if you're in a competitive marketplace, um, the research would tend to indicate that, as you point out, a lot of choice, a lot of options, low switching costs, that means that you really, if you're going to differentiate on your experience, need to provide a very strong customer experience. Now, the thing that's worth mentioning is that if you're in the opposite sort of category, um, low choice, high barriers to entry, high switching costs, you know, banks tend to be in here, certainly airlines, if you want to go from point A to point B, we all love to complain about how bad airlines are. But it can be a little more difficult to demonstrate that customer experience is differentiating if people don't have choice or if, uh, or if the competition is not as great. Now, 
in my, I'll just say this, in, in my work with uh, leaders in organizations like that, there are ways to make CX matter. There are ways to find the customer experience is still important. But what's interesting is that it tends to be less about driving people to very high levels of satisfaction in those less competitive marketplaces. It tends to be about preventing people from, from driving down to very low levels of satisfaction. So an airline that's a 10 all the time can expect some benefits. There clearly is some benefits, but it's not like you're gonna wake up tomorrow and say, wow, you know, Southwest is so great. Let's go to the airport and just hop on a plane the way you would, um, you know, a, a restaurant that you love, right? Um, but when people get to really low uh, scores in those uh, less competitive places, they opt out. They opt out of flying. They begin to uh, choose airlines that might offer a two-hop uh, uh, itinerary as opposed to direct. Um, so anyways, I, you know, I just wanted to comment because you talked about yeah. how choice is increasing. It certainly is, but uh, there are different strategies for CX depending on whether you're in a highly competitive or a less competitive marketplace. That, that's, that's fantastic overview. Um, and, and you can only get that with, with the experience, breadth of experience you have. So that's, that's amazing. Who, who else do you see doing a great job in this space? So, um, you know, there are people who really write a lot about customer experience that I generally enjoy reading, and I think that they can be really interesting. Shep Hyken, who I've had the pleasure to meet face-to-face uh, -face in just the last year, uh, writes a lot about customer experience, and I really like the, the take he has on it. Jeannie Bliss, uh, another name, somebody who uh, writes some very interesting things. I've always been a fan of Bruce Temkin. Uh, he was a peer of mine at uh, Forrester when I was at Forrester. Uh, he has uh, launched his own thing, then it became part of Qualtrics. Qualtrics has been acquired by SAP, but uh, he does really interesting work in terms of the research he publishes and, and the thought leadership he has on his blog. Um, so those are the people that come to my mind, some of the people I respect in the space. Excellent, thank you. And if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? So I'm pretty easy. Uh, my name is Augie Ray, A-U-G-I-E-R-A-Y. You'll find me at exactly that on Twitter. Uh, on LinkedIn, I tend to engage quite a bit uh, and have a lot of engagement on, on LinkedIn. So, you know, feel free to connect with me either on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm open to constructive feedback. I'm open to questions. Uh, as a former leader of social media in a couple of Fortune 500 companies, I still tend to embrace uh, social quite a bit. So I hope some of your uh, listeners will, will take, up, take me up on my offer. Okay, thank you so much. I'm Murray Newlands. You've been listening to the How to CEO show. Thank you for subscribing. Talk to you next time.